Hi, my name is Teal, and I'm your host for the SweatNet Be Amazing podcast, where we share stories of amazing women who live in our communities. My hope is that you will feel encouraged and inspired after listening to each episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Be Amazing podcast right here on SweatNet. I'm your host, Seal, and I'm so excited you decided to join me today for another inspiring conversation. This week, it's with my sister, Juliana Dittmeyer. She is an actor, director, choreographer turned sales professional. She is passionate about coaching conversations and inspiring sales talent. Her expertise is building rock star sales development teams within the SaaS industry. Juliana now resides in St. Petersburg, Florida with her husband, Joe, and their hilarious cat, Tig. But more than anything, I'm excited because you all are going to get an inside scoop on my sister and I growing up. We shared a room. We shared a passion for dance and for theater. And now we're sharing an experience that's really unique because we're both in sales and we share about that. So I cannot wait for you to listen to this incredible conversation with my sister, Juliana. everyone. Welcome to the Be Amazing podcast. I am so happy today. Like if I could get up and dance right now, I would because my sister's here. My sister, Juliana. Welcome to the show. What Juliana. up? What up? What up? <laughs> We've talked about this and I cannot even, I don't even know where to start. Like, I know I was like, when we were talking about questions, I'm like, where, like, where there's so even much. Like, where do we begin? I know. But I think the first thing we begin with is I need you to tell them a little bit about yourself because you are multifaceted, multi-talented, like <laughs> it's true. So give us a little, give us a little 411. The pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> I think that's what that saying means. Yes. Um, well, I'm going to put my glasses on. Um my name is Juliana Dittmeyer. Uh, I am your youngest sibling. You might call me your little sister, but I think we both know that you're shorter than I am. It's such a true statement. <laughs> so that term is debatable. Um, I am a former theater actor director, choreographer, uh, turned sales professional. Um, I, am, <laughs> I am married to a lovely guy named Joe. We have a 20 pound cat named Tig, who we got during the pandemic, survived kitten phase, and now he's amazing. Uh, we live in St. Petersburg, Florida, about approximately eight minutes from the beach it's which is so wrong <laughs> I know well it is and yet it's so right because I you know I feel like I I truly feel like St. Pete is the coolest town in America <laughs> <laughs> IMO as the teen texting kids are saying these days and if you don't know what that means it means in my opinion I've not heard that one yet. And I thought I was IMO. Cool. IMO. I had to Google it. <laughs> this happens to me all day long. This happens to me all day long because I work with 20 somethings and they'll say things like no cap. And I'm like, sure. And then I go to Google and I'm like, what does no cap mean? <laughs> this reminds me. 
Do you have you seen the show Younger? Oh God, yes, I love. Yes, it. and that that's what it reminds me of. Like when yes. she was in social media, and they'd say something, yes. and she's like, "What does that mean? I have to Google it." Yes, that's I do that all day. I have a running list for one of my sales team members because he uses more urban slang than I've ever heard in a group of people and he uses it all and so I have a running list every time he says something I write it on a whiteboard and then I google it oh my gosh you're gonna have to send me that list (laughs) it's really funny it's pretty funny yeah um but yeah I mean that's that's pretty much me these days in a nutshell greatest joy of my life is being your sister (laughs) that's hilarious well we have so much fun together now because like we growing up you know man we we were really tight in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um partially because we lived in a room together most of yeah most of our growing up years I mean we lived it was really fun yeah well there there there's conversation there because even though Juliana is my younger sister there were moments that you wondered who ran it. Uh, there were times that <laughs> I could tell this story. There were times when I would want to borrow something. Okay, okay, but let's be fair Talk about that. I want to borrow something, and I have to sign it out on a piece of paper. I'd have to write okay. my name. But <laughs> that is only because said items would disappear into the abyss. <laughs> never to be found again until I had grown out of them so yes you are correct I did make her sign my clothing out but I had good reason right or has anybody else out there done that I mean like I think there's just unique things that happen with siblings and when you're really close and Juliana we were super close uh growing up and the other part of that was that we always were dressed the same not because we chose to dress the same well <laughs> dear priscilla if you're listening because you know she's listening mom i know. You know you're listening she's listening and she's going to give us notes <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah i you know i, I there are multiple photos of us wearing (laughs) the same dress as mom even like all three of us in the same and I'm not talking about like when we were like two no no when we were like teenagers we were pre-teen let's just say two words Laura Ashley Laura Ashley (laughs) I was obsessed I was obsessed can we talk about pantaloons oh my god I wore them I wore them not as a costume no you not wore them. as a costume we should have known then that that was even a hint of that you were going to be an actor like this is this is going to go off topic but this just reminded me of a really funny story when I was in the fifth grade this was the year that I went to public school and we did a book report <laughs> And I chose Little House on the Prairie. And they told us to dress like the person, you know, from the story that we were reading. And so I wore 
the full outfit with the pantaloons. And it was in that moment that I decided this is really great attire. And I continued <laughs> to braid my hair in pigtails and wear pantaloons with every dress that I owned. And not to mention there was a phase where I went through mom, I, I, I had mom literally take fabric and make <laughs> giant bows to sew on the back of all my dresses so that I could dress like Nellie Olson. <laughs> Best. Like we we grew up, Little House on the Prairie, um, Haley Mills and any Disney movie, uh, musicals, like our we our growing up years, it was it was all of those things. And uh, I think that was part of the fun. I think, I think we've had a lot of unique moments as sisters and um, we've had challenges, um, definitely challenges growing up. I think, you know, all family dynamics are different. We all have moments that challenge us and we grow, but uh, as far as what, you know, the experiences and my experience with you as my sister and how we grew up, like I have such fond memories with you and continue on like even now as adults like I think we have reconnected and really um defined our relationship as sisters and I'm so grateful for that because uh you know distance sometimes can create distance and we have really really um been purposeful about staying connected and um talking and sharing and you know whether it's you know challenges that are happening you know or excitement of things that are happening like it's it's always so fun to talk to you about all that and you know I think going back even a little bit back to our our childhood years our dancing years there were years that we were were spent at the dance studio together mm -hmm. I mean years like and even a point at which we were homeschooled and all we did was dance and and you know do our best with studies but uh that was just some really amazing experiences and I'll, I'll never forget them and I'll always treasure them. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I was telling someone the other day about you because I, you know, I often brag about my amazing sister that makes me feel tired by just watching everything that she does. <laughs> um, but no, really more, more than that. I, I feel you know, I'm, I'm so inspired by you and I always have been. And I think that's the thing. And I, it's, it's common, I think with younger sisters, but you know, I, I started dancing because you started dancing, you know, and I, I wanted to, I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really know that. Yeah. I was, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, you know, I was, we all did gymnastics, right. When we were kids, when we were little and when we moved um, to Charlotte, you know, I, I, you said you wanted to take dance and I was like, well, I want to take it too, you know? And there's so many things that I have been inspired by you throughout my life. And, you know, like most siblings, I think there are periods of time where you're closer and you're, you're uh, than, than others. But I think it's been so amazing because I feel like, you know, junior high and high school it's like you know we were we were just trying to figure out who we were in like our you know hormones and all that stuff you know and and living together in the same room and and di having different experiences we were four years apart four years apart with middle school and high school is is like 
you know, 20. As an a, adult. It can be a big difference. It's and there's a big difference. And, you know, although we, we love each other and we were all, we've always been very close. And I do feel like, you know, we've always been very close. I really feel like when we got into our twenties is where it really, our relationship really blossomed in mm-hmm. the most beautiful way. And I think it was, we just both had incredible life experiences that were different. And yet there was so many similarities to the things that we experienced along the way. Um, and even today, the things that we experience along the way, and it's, it's been really amazing. And, and I feel like even though we live so far apart that we're closer than we've ever been. And Mm -hmm. I know that if I call you, you're going to pick up the phone, just like, you know, I'm going to do the same thing, you know, and you know, I just love you. I know. I love you too. And this is like, this is why this is so super sweet to do this with you because we've never, I don't think we've even talked about a lot of things. Uh, so this mm-hmm. is for me, this is, you know, interesting. Cause I'm hearing things that I've never heard you say, like, I really didn't know that I inspired you to dance and well, yeah. yet, and here's the thing about my sister. So I'm going to, we're going to talk about your acting here a little bit. Um, <laughs> but you know, Juliana was, I think you were, I don't know if you were, well, you were four years younger. So I think I was mm-hmm. 15 at the time. And I'll never forget, I used, and it's so bad, y'all, this is not, I'm not bragging about this. So this is not one of my shining moments, but I used to get her, I used to make her mad on purpose. Like it was fun to watch her, her, because it was, there was a a dramatic response. And I'm talking about like full on like slamming of doors and marching through the house and throwing herself on the bed. Like it was, it was, it was Academy Award winning. And I knew it. I, was, I remember telling my mom in the kitchen, we're in the kitchen dinner one night. And I, I think I don't remember. I don't know what I did to make you mad. At, maybe I'd taken clothes I wasn't supposed to. I don't know. I did something. And I was like, mom, watch this. And mom's like, your mom the whole time is all the time. Like, oh my gosh. Like, oh, let honey. Me, yeah. Oh, oh, honey. Oh, honey. And I'm like, no, mom, watch. Like, this is like, we're talking Academy Award winning. Get ready. It's getting ready to happen. Juliana, no lie, like comes through slamming doors, what marching to the house, like going through a whole, it's like a scene, like somebody wrote a scene. And at that point I knew, I was like, there's something like, she's got something. And sure enough, she goes to college and gets into theater. And then it's like, it's like it all, all of that made sense. All of that came together. So I want to jump into that because you did something that inspired me. Like I loved watching you take stage and I love it when you sing and you are so freaking funny, like you are freaking Mm -hmm. funny. So I want you to talk a little bit about that because you have such good comedic timing and you are so good on stage. Like it's hilarious. Like she's hilarious. (laughs) She's hilarious. Oh yeah. So you inspire me. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pass it back to you about being an actor and kind of what that road has been, what in you, I mean, cause you may go back to it at some point, but for right now you're in something else and we'll get to that. But like, what has your experience been? Because you, like, you dance, you choreographed, you sang, you, you know, all these things. So take it away. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's something that like, I don't think I knew what it was that I wanted when, you know, it's like as a kid, you're kind of like identifying the things that you like. And, you know, I, um, I first even felt connected to theater 
when we used to rent MGM movie musicals. And remember we had that family friend who had like a whole library of them. Yes. And she would let us borrow them. And she had ever I think she had every MGM movie musical that ever existed. Okay, stop right there. What's your favorite? You have oh, a favorite. God. I mean I know. The, the Can we talk about so Nancy funny. Goes to Rio and how many times I made you watch? I mean, I know. It's it's like I was gonna say Nancy Goes to Rio in two weeks with love. <laughs> right. How many times have we watched that? We'd probably know it backward, forward, up. I mean, I think we broke the tape. (laughs) The VHS. I we did. I think we we broke the VHS. Um yeah, but it really, I mean, my, you know, I, I think that was the first time where I was like, those people are singing and dancing on stage, but in a really they were telling stories, like the songs they were doing and the numbers they were doing, everything was storytelling. And not just through their voices, but with their movement and the scenery and the the costumes and the lighting, like everything was coming together to like tell this story in just like one musical number. And I was so enthralled by that. And then also the movies just in general, you know, just the storytelling with song and dance and I just, it was just something that resonated with me as a kid. And, you know, we started dancing and obviously we both had a natural gift for it. It was something I really enjoyed doing. What I didn't really know that I could do until I was in high school was sing. And that, the only reason I started singing is because Tony from church was going to be directing a musical at the church. And she approached me and she said, I want you to play the lead singing role in this show. And I was like, I, I can't do that. And she was like, yes, you can. And I was like, I don't sing. And she was like, yes, you do. And I was like, what, you know? And she, I went and rehearsed with her one day. I was in tears. I was like, Tony, I can't do this. She was like, you absolutely can. And she worked with me. And then sure enough, I did. And then by the end of it, I was, I was hooked. I was like, I just had never had that experience of like being on stage. And I mean, just, there's nothing like, and I know you know this feeling, there's nothing like the energy that you get from what you're giving to an audience. And when you lock in with an audience and they're locked into you, it's the most empowering experience whether you're saying your own words or someone else's it's so incredibly powerful and it was something that I felt at the as a ninth grader in high school it was something I felt and it like it just like lit something in me we went to a Christian school that was very very small we did not have a theater department very small can we just talk about that for a second I graduated eight people eight people graduating thank you very much 15 baby 15 And one of them was my brother. (laughs) Um, But we went to a really small Christian school and we didn't have a theater department. We had a secretary that was willing and wanted to put on productions so that we could have that experience. And so I got to be a part of a couple of different musicals uh, in high school. And then mom and dad, you know, they went to Lee's McRae College in the mountains in, in Banner Elk, North Carolina, and they went up there 
to visit and they talked with the uh, the head of the dance department there and they came home and I was a junior and they said, we know where you're supposed to go. And I was like, I'm not going to the same school as you. Why would I do that? Like, I don't want to go to the same school as you. And they're like, no, no, no. They have a theater department and, you know, so we went up, I auditioned. Oh my God. I, at the time I'm like, I look back on, I wore like the dumbest looking nineties jeans. I wore like a yellow top from like the limited that had no personality. I think I tied my hair up in a bun and I wore like chunky. (laughs) Can't remember. I can't even believe I remember this outfit. I wore like chunky black Mary Jane shoes. Like I was not audition ready. I was like some girl that just hopped off the bus, you know, (laughs) going to class. And I went and I auditioned and I sang on my own from Les Mis and they gave me a scholarship. They thought I had a really good voice and that they saw something in me. So long story short, I went to Lee's McRae, got a degree in musical theater. And then when I graduated, I was like, eh, I don't think I want to do anything with this. <laughs> um, that lasted about a year before <laughs> I auditioned for something else. And then really my life ended up in Colorado and out there is really where I found my, my thing with it. And I got involved with a a theater out there that at the time was very, very small. Now they've, um, they've expanded and they're amazing and they've built a a huge, beautiful facility. And, but at the time it was this tiny little 70 seat theater and I came in uh, and, you know, immediately I was just doing three or four shows a year with them. And it started out as a performer and then, you know, he asked me once if I wanted to choreograph a show and I was like, that sounds like fun. And so then I did that and I was like, wait, I'm really good at this, you know? And so from there, you know, it just, it just kind of started cycling. I, I started to become the go-to choreographer there for a number of years. They brought me back over the years. Um, even when I'm not there, they'll, they'll fly me in and I'll, I'll choreograph a show. And, you know, more than anything, I just, I love that no matter whether I'm doing it full time or I'm not doing it at all, that I'm an artist. And um, I think that's the part that I feel like because of my experiences and because of allowing that piece of me that I see life in a different way, I, I approach experiences in a unique way because of what I did for 20 years and it was 20 years, 20, 20 years. I was doing that really, really kind of like full time. And yeah, I, I mean, I love, I love it. I love it, but it's a very hard life to sustain in terms of, you know, being away all the time and not really being able to put roots down. And so that's really kind of the, the number one reason that things sort of shifted and also I just I think I was just ready to kind of try something new and I love that because I think there's so much to be said about as you know as not just women but just as humans like I think we it's important to go through seasons allow yourself to change and grow and evolve and take from you know the things that you've done beforehand and the and I believe everyone has a creative side. I think everybody has the ability to be creative in some way, and it may just come out in a different form. Mm-hmm. 
but that's what I love so much about what you're doing now and how you pivoted and you're now in business. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that has been even a change for us because it's so usually it's been very different. Like, you know, I'm in like Daniel used to always say, you know, you know, well, Julian, I got the, you know, talent, you know, the art and then in the dancing and the singing and still you've got good work ethic. I'm like, thanks, Daniel. I feel so much better about myself. Um, but I say that to say that, you know, it's now our conversations are around sales and business and, and, Mm -hmm. um, deals and, you know, you're doing training and sales managing and, now we're now you're doing a podcast for your work and I do a podcast on yeah. my own. So we shared that creative bond, yeah. and, which is why this is so fun, but talk about like, let's talk about that pivot and stepping into business and, and how you, how you brought the creative side to what you do. I love that you use the word pivot because it's a word that's so prominent in the business that I'm in. I don't know if it's as prominent in your sales world, but it's it's used in the in the companies that I've worked for. Everybody says it like all the time. It's time to pivot. We're going to pivot, pivot, pivot. And you and I understand the physical breakdown of a pivot, the dance move. Mm-hmm. It's 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 literally facing one direction and turning completely the other direction. Right. And, um, you know, to say that, like, all of a sudden I just decided I was going to do sales, it, it didn't really happen that way. You know, as as a theater artist, even full time, you have to have a survival job, you know, unless you're the one percent, you know, of the world, <laughs> the theater actors out there that are, you know, have long standing Broadway contracts and, you know, movies and all those things you have a survival job. And so I always, always, always have had a side survival job from mortgage loan processing to, you know, executive assistant. Um, And about seven years ago, I fell into an opportunity with a startup that I was doing theater full-time down here in Florida. And uh, I found this opportunity on Upwork, which is this you know, website where you can go and offer your skills and services and people can hire you for like part-time. And this guy found me and he was starting a company and he said, I just need somebody to just like help me with just day-to-day tasks. I called myself like, you know, it was like a his girl Friday kind of, you know, um, role. See, I have to give my jobs like role titles. It can't just be like, I was just an assistant. No, His Girl Friday is a movie from like with Cary Grant and uh, uh, oh god, I can't think of her name. This is terrible. I can't think of her name. Anyways, this is an amazing movie. Um, And uh, so anyways, that I, I took I took this job and I started out just doing like, you know, whatever he needed. Well, very quickly, I ended up on the phone calling companies to negotiate like special benefits for members of these two executive organizations. And I remember the first phone call I made, it took me 30 minutes to get, get the guts up to make the call. <laughs> because it's so nervous. And then I did it and I was like, oh, that was easy. And then I started doing it and I started negotiating these benefits and I was getting really good at it. 
Joe would hear me on the phone and he'd be like, oh my God, you've got to go into sales. I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, where, what does it even mean? I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I didn't go to school for sales. I don't know how to do it. You know, he's like, well, you're doing it, you know? And the job ended up growing. I be, actually became an account manager. I started managing uh, client accounts. We ended up expanding to uh, retreat planning, executive retreats, but I was like building out the team of uh, retreat uh, planners. And I was, I was also pitching customers on taking the service. So I was doing all this sales. I was literally the lead salesperson for this company. And it was really, it was really great. I mean, I, I've really discovered in that job that I could do that. And I actually really liked it. And the other part that I really liked was managing people. I, and I really liked building that team. And I really liked, you know, coaching them on how to pitch and writing the script. And so when that job, uh, when I decided to, I got to a point and it was like, you know what, I'm ready to like, do something different. And I could feel that change coming. The company started to kind of move in a different direction. And so I was like, you know what? I know what I want to do. I want to go into the SaaS industry. I want to go into software because this is where everything is happening, right? You can see it. It's all the, all the really amazing sales jobs are in the SaaS industry. And a lot of people I knew were kind of moving in that direction. So I started to apply and I found a job located in St. Pete and this was in 2020. So I got this job in April, 2020. I started out uh, as a sales development representative because I thought, you know, I want to kind of start at the ground because I want to like, I want to know how this position, like this is the basis for where everything starts. So, and I was only in that role for two months and then I became a manager because of my experience. And very quickly had a team of eight to 10 salespeople. And then we, uh, and, and, and it was amazing. I mean, I just found a real excitement for it. And then three years later, four years later, almost here I am, you know, building out a brand new team for a brand new company. Uh, and I've just found that like, I just, that's, that's really what, you know, drives me. I love what I love about it is you know, helping people exceed their own expectations, getting to be a part of that is really exciting for me. And um, I love process and I love, you know, I, the funniest thing is like, you know, I came from a world where, you know, scripts and pitch and tone were all things that I was doing all the time with being an actor, right? You're, you're thinking about how does the tone of my voice sound? You know, how is the pitch of my voice when I'm singing? What, you know, what is the script? I'm memorizing the script. Sometimes you're writing a script and I'm doing all of those things in sales. So it's, it's very funny that, you know, there are all these things that I did. And I, one of the things that when I've, when I've been in interviews for positions in the past and they say, <clears throat> tell me about an experience that you've had in your life that unrelated to sales, that makes you a good manager. And I say, you know, I was a director and a choreographer for a number of years and try taking 15 dancers and making them all look the same within two weeks and opening night ready, you know? 
because it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the same skills. It's the same people skills. You, everybody has different skill sets. Everybody has a different <clears throat> experience they're coming from. And so it takes all the same skills in coaching dancers or actors as it does salespeople. So that was a long story long. <laughs> but I love that. See, this is what's so unique about it because I'm in sales. So I would, I'm in the actual trenches of the sales where you're actually managing. So you'd be like managing me, which is yeah. going to be a wild card. Which is so, <clears throat> I mean, let's just I'll take a wild card any day. I will take a wild card any day. <laughs> Cause I don't do it the same. I always, I have my own way. No. But what I appreciate is it's very true. Everything that you learned in your, in through acting and stage, all the things that you talked about down to like using the word pivot and, and creating a visual you're looking at every single person on your team as if they're, uh, they're playing a role in this full production, basically. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is such a unique, uh, just a unique way to see it. And it really gives me a visual about like, even in my own um, role as a salesperson with Ready Fitness, like, oh, wow, that just opened up a different way for me to even look at what I do every day for a living and the team that I'm a part of. And like, what, how, what role do I play in that team? So that's really... I mean, that's, that's really fascinating. I, you have really kind of helped me see things a little different. And on that track, I, I wanted to see if you had three tips you could share when it comes to managing teams, like three things that you do, you know, cause I, I think you bring fun to it. Um, you know, that that's probably a little bit different too. So give us three tips. What three tips do you have for managing sales? Yeah, teams? for sure. Well, sort of piggybacking off of what you just talked about, uh, you know, understanding your role as part of the team. And, you know, as salespeople, it's really easy to be so focused on your own individual self, right? Uh, As a manager, you're thinking about eight, 10, three, four, eight, 10, 15, however, whatever size team you have, you're, you're thinking about the team. Uh, But you also have to be thinking about yourself because the team affects your money, right? Um, So I'll get into the fun that I have with my team in just a minute. But um, one thing that I've learned, I'm not a numbers person by nature. I always was like, I will write the heck out of that paper don't make me do math. <laughs> and now I'm in sales. I'm the same way. I, I know. Attention. Like I'm not motivated. Y'all, this is sad. I'm motivated now, but for the longest time, I wasn't motivated by numbers. Now I'm driven by it because like I see my teammates going and I'm like, no way he's not going to beat yes. me. Like my friend, yes. one teammate and I go back and forth all the time. So yeah, I'm motivated now, but most of my growing up years, I was not motivated by numbers. So we share that. Yes. And so becoming a manager of a sales team has been really interesting for me because like I was just saying that as a manager, you're, you're responsible for helping and supporting and making sure these people are hitting their numbers. And I tell my team members all the time, know your numbers. You better know your numbers. If the CEO walks up to you and asks you how many demos you have this month, you better know how many you have. Don't come and ask me. You need to know your numbers. 
But at the same time, I have to know my numbers because if the CEO comes up to me and says, how are your numbers this month? I need to know how many demos my team has. But the other side of that is not only knowing your numbers, but own your numbers. If you don't own your numbers and you don't put a goal on the other side of those numbers for yourself, and maybe that is competition. Maybe that is so you can beat the person next to you. Maybe it's because you want to buy a new car and you've got a picture of it hanging on your cubicle or your closet door, whatever, wherever you're working, like whatever it is, know your numbers. Because if you're, if you're focused on that and you have that as a driving factor for yourself, you're going to be more successful. If you don't pay attention to your numbers at all, it's, you're, you're selling yourself short. So that, that's one thing as a manager, because you're telling your team members this all the time, but you too, if you own that, you're going to drive your team better. Now, this is, that's typical sales talk, right? That's like, it's all about numbers. On the flip side of that, every individual on a team is a person with life experiences, good and bad. And I have found that the best way to lead a team and to win their trust is by leading with empathy. Now you have to know, sometimes they're going to try to pull the wool, right? Sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, I have, I have let them, but you, you start to learn the signs. But if you lead with empathy and you build that trust, you're going to have a stronger foundation for being able to guide them when they're stuck and helping helping them get out and that's the third part that i really like to talk about and that is you said this before and i love that you said it because it's just so as a manager you have to be willing to get in the trenches you can't just say why aren't you hitting your numbers go 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 hit your numbers go hit your numbers you can't always just be dictating and saying you have to do this you have to do this no when somebody's not getting there there is a reason why and it is your job, it is my job as a manager to sit down with them, to dig in, get in the trenches with them, listen to their calls, listen to, read their emails, look at everything that they're doing. Look at, you know, in my world, it's, it's, it's sales development representatives. These, these guys are, are cold calling all day long. It's looking at their dial numbers, their activity. It's digging in, it's taking the time to invest. And then beyond all of that, it's investing in them as people and understanding, you know, if they're willing to share, you know, what maybe is going on that that could be affecting it as well. And how can I help you there? So those are the three things that I really um, primarily hold on to. Now, COVID, I'm going to give you a fourth one because this is where the fun comes in. COVID has changed everything, right? We all know this. It, it's changed the complete landscape of how we do everything. And in a time that you know, the SaaS industry, the software industry was growing really, really fast. Everybody went home. And then you were tasked as a manager with keeping people engaged <clears throat> on Zoom calls after cold calling for four or five hours. Let's get on a, let's get on a computer and stare at each other. <laughs> Talk about your numbers, you know, like there's no, there's no human contact. So I've gotten really good. And, and this is the funny thing about me is I hate games. Like I, <laughs> games. You hate I, I hate them. I, when I was in college, I'm not kidding. When I was in college, my friends loved game night. 
And I was like, ugh, I hate game night. Like, I will play one round of one game, and that is all you get. The rest of the time, I'm sitting on the sidelines, and I'm going to cheer you on. <laughs> I love game night. I That's know you do. I love game night. Go ahead. So being a manager of a bunch of 20-something salespeople who all love games, and trivia is now, like, everywhere, I have had to find the joy in creating fun. So I do trivia sometimes. There is this wonderful online website called thewheelofnames.com. If you've never used it, that's your... I'm so good that's to my, use it now. That's I'm my so piece of it. advice. It is a wheel that looks like the Wheel of Fortune wheel, and you can fill it out with whatever information on it. You can choose a song. You can put all their names on it and spin it. Who, who, who's ever name it lands on, they win. You can, you can, you know, turn it, do, do with it whatever you want. But it's really fun, and it's become my thing that I do with my teams, and they love it. And we have trivia. Then you do friends. Then you do friends trivia. Well, Joe and I did Friends Trivia. Okay. I couldn't remember who did who did Friends Trivia because that was no. so fun. I was like, that would be well, so much fun. I mean, please, you and I would kill Friends Trivia together. <laughs> this is the best part. Joe went to Trivia a couple months ago, and it was Friends Trivia, and I wasn't there. And he called me to be like, hey, there's this question. What's the answer? And I was like, ugh, Monica. And he was like, yes, and, he and they won. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, I yeah. love the fact that you bring fun. Like, I think that's so important. And I think that's just another, another way you can reflect on your 20 years prior of being an, an actor and being on stage. I mean, cause you have, you have fun, like you have fun, even though it's hard work, well, you still find ways to have fun with your, with your crew. Yeah. Well, and I feel like being an, an, in sales is being an actor. <laughs> And I feel like being a manager a lot is being an actor because, you know, sometimes you have to act like everything is fine when it's, <laughs> when it's not, it's not. <laughs> well, I love this so much. I think you and I've teased about this, but I think we're going to have to do it. I think we're going to have to do sales sisters podcast. Some episodes. I'm telling you, I think yeah. we would have so many things and I'm telling you, if we can make it happen, our opening song will have to be sales this sister, soul sister. I don't know what the rest of the, you'll have to write it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll write a little parody. I love it. Yes. I totally think we should. Like, I, I think, uh, there's total space for that. And the fact that we just have so much fun together, but the fact that we can talk about sales, like it's just really neat to be able to talk to you about that stuff and to oh, share. Oh man, and you've been challenges. such an, you know, we talk about inspiration too. You've been such an inspiration to me in that way because, you know, I watched you pound the pavement in a different way than I was all those years and you've been so successful at it and, you know, being able to see that um, I, it really is what inspired me to to really move towards it because it's like, oh man, if Celia can do this and she's so successful, maybe I can too, you know? Well, I love that. And I love that 
that we share, we share so much in common, everything from growing up and the love for dance and musicals, and then to be able to share in business too, and, and be, you know, women that have um, blazed our own path and, um, you know, each went our own way, but yet come back together and are able to share experiences and even more experiences as we get older. It's just really unique and very special. And I'm, I'm, um, this is such a fun, this is such a fun moment to be able to talk about all this. And then everybody gets to listen to us banter, you know, about the days, which I cannot let you go without talking about my absolute favorite performance hands down and you have one article of clothing that I will forever remember you for and that is sheer madness Barbara Jean oh my god and see that's the best part is Barbara Jean I mean that's a show that's been playing you know in venues across the world for like almost 40 years maybe over 40 years now Charlotte is the only place that that character is called Barbara Jean because we were in Charlotte performing that at the Blumenthal and everywhere else she's Barbara (laughs) she's just Barbara but no in North Carolina she had to be Barbara Jean she did have to be Barbara and she wore leopard pants (laughs) she did and there are there are photos on the internet and now I feel a little uncomfortable about it (laughs) well that's been my absolute I've watched watched everybody listening I, I watched that show so many times. Sheer Madness. Sheer Madness. Um, Actually, and that's how Joe and I met. Yes. And he's an actor too. And that's so awesome. Like, yeah. that's what's unique. Um, that's how we met. Yeah. yeah. So Sheer Madness. I remember yeah. seeing you guys in the show there and all the times I would see you when you were in Charlotte. Like, it was just so fun to be a part of that. And then now to be a part of your life with what you're doing with sales and to be able to relate and yeah. chat about everything we have. Like, it's it's so awesome. I know. I know. It's really fun. So give me a song, a quote. What do you lean into for motivation or inspiration? Lately, the quote that I heard recently, and I've been saying it to myself almost every day is everything is always working out for me. Oh, I like that. Um, I like that a lot. You know, I think it's really easy to focus on what's not working or what you don't have or what's really frustrating about whatever situation you're in. And I've gotten to this place recently that it's like, I'm realizing and I've come to understand that when I focus on those things, that's what I'm going to get back you know, that's where my energy is going, right? If I'm focused on the negative, then I'm going to get the negative back because that's where my, my focus is and that's where my energy is. And so I've been doing a lot of practice in terms of waking up in the morning and, you know, meditating and writing in my journal and writing in my journal, the things that I'm appreciative for. And specifically targeting maybe the situation that I'm in that's frustrating and then, but targeting and saying what's great about the situation that I'm in, right? Whatever that situation is. Um, And it's really made a huge difference in how 
I approach my days and how I feel throughout the day. I'm, I've become very sensitive in terms of like how I feel. Like if something feels bad, I don't want to feel that way. So I change my, my thoughts. I stop focusing on it. I focus on positive things and what's good. And that's been such a huge thing. And that, that statement, everything is always working out for me. It just feels very good you know, to focus, like everything's always working out for me, no matter how frustrating or, or challenging or whatever, everything always works out, you know? And so that's, what's really, that's something that, that I've been leaning into lately. And uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been really good. Yeah. I love that. I think, you know, I was even talking to somebody yesterday because I dealing with stress in the past, uh, because of my personality as part of it, I think uh, I'm very sensitive and I get very emotional and I take everything personal. And even in my job, like if I had a client, if something doesn't have them perfect or we have something disrupt and, and just to give you insight, I'm a project manager. So I'm managing. So this, as of right now, I have 26 new construction projects that I am managing while I'm selling. So I've got all these, I'm working with development team and construction team and install team. And there's all these different things. And so being in this, in that environment, when I first started was really hard and I would get very, I would get really upset. And I, there's still moments that I have that, but I'm really trying to gain perspective in that. Look, stuff's going to happen. Things aren't going to go perfect. It's not what happens to you. It's really how you handle it. And I've got to get, I've got to find a way to manage the emotional side of it or, or, or take the emotional side out of it and just flow mm-hmm. with it. And just mm-hmm. like you said, lean into it. Doesn't matter what happens. It's going to work out because yeah. I'm just going to have the faith for that, but also the belief in that I'm doing my best and trying my best. So I just believe that so that it will, like, if I just lean into that and, and get peaceful when things start to like <laughs> go crazy, whether yeah. it's emails or phone messages or text messages, cause I would get a message and I would go spiral. Like it could just ruin my day. Yeah. And I just, I can't, I don't have time to do that. So really leaning into that. So I think it's really, really important. And I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, and yeah. I'm even now I pulled, I got a coloring book. So I have a coloring book and, and crayons. And so what I'm doing now is like when I'm I'm determined that when I find those stressful moments that I take a second and color, because when I color, it takes my mind off of everything else. And see, that's so amazing. <laughs> I, I, I love that because it's, it's a form of meditation. You know, I was talking to my, my really good friend who does, um, who's, who's well-versed in, in meditation. And, and I was saying to her, you know, I have a really hard time just like sitting still and closing my eyes and my brain not going like a hundred miles an hour. Like I have a really hard time turning my brain off. And I was telling her about this experience I had where I sat on, on my back porch and I was having a hard time with that. And then all of a sudden I closed my eyes and it was a Saturday morning. And I started to like focus on the, the sound of the birds. I started to, I started to like in my mind, notice every sound I heard, every different car, that I heard and every bird and the sound in the trees, I I let my mind sort of focus on those things. And it went on for like 10 minutes. And then when I was done, I was like, I felt, I felt so at peace. And I said to her, I said, you know, I know it wasn't meditation. She was like, that was meditation. She said, that was mindfulness. That was mindfulness. And so what you're doing with your 
coloring book. And I remember you telling me this because I went and got a coloring book after you. See, there's a little sister wants to do what big sister's doing. I went and got a coloring book. And it is, it's taking that mindful moment to reset. You know, I tell my team that all the time. Listen, if you're having a hard day and you're just grinding and grinding and you're not getting anywhere, stand up, walk away, go get a tea. You know what I mean? Go outside, take a breather, walk your dog, do something to shift your energy so that you can come back and and do what, what you need to. I think that one of the things that uh, I can relate to is that sort of reactor, right? And a, a reaction response. It's so easy to react to things. And that's something that I got in the habit of for a long time. In fact, the story you told at the beginning about your sister and her drama through the house, that was, that was reacting. That was reacting. And that was, that was a skill that became a habit in many areas of my life. And that's the other thing that like in all of this sort of everything is always working out for me, mindfulness state that I'm, I've been practicing and, and trying to live in, it's changed the way I respond rather than react. So much better to respond because responding means you've taken a beat. You've taken a moment to consider what you're going to say and what you're going to do. Whereas reacting is like in the moment, right? And nothing comes good of it. Like, no. The, the, re, the, the reaction part is just, that's just been something I've had to work on because I mm-hmm. used to fly off the handle, freak out, cry, like have a meltdown. Like It's emotionally and, driven. Yeah. And I just, I want to really be, if you want, you know, especially in business being taken seriously and, 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 and being a businesswoman, like I, that's been one area for me that was weak for a really long time. And by no means have I like conquered it. I mean, uh, but I'm, I, I know for me that I'm in a much better space, just like you're saying, because I am learning to take a beat and, uh, and that is really important. Yeah. I know I'm talking like I'm, I'm super aligned and that I live my daily life very peaceful <laughs> and meditative. I mean, you know, I'm in sales, so you know, no, I, I, but I think there's different practices. Right. I'm finding, I'm finding make a difference. Right. And I think it's so important to share. And I think women need to know, like, you're not alone. Like this is the stuff we're dealing with. And, um, that's what I love about, about podcasting is like, and about, especially specifically like these kinds of moments, because this is real stuff. And it doesn't mean that we have it down to a science. These are just things that we're trying to to help ourselves get better and become better. Yeah. So, and you know, I think I, uh, one thing I just want to say really quick, because, you know, I've been watching from afar your journey with be amazing. Right. I've been a part of it. Um, I've, yeah, I've she seen... was the, she was the MC with me. Like she put in so much work with me in 2018 and I am so grateful because my sister flew in. She had my back. I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. It was a huge undertaking. It was, it was a huge undertaking, but it, it worked out because everything is always working out for you. Selena. Right. Cause we're leaning into it. Cause we're leaning into it, but no, it worked out and it was a really amazing experience, but <laughs> amazing. Uh, but beyond that, watching the journey that you've made with this podcast from afar and now being here, 
the thing that I, and, and I saw your post on, on LinkedIn for the event, you know, in March, and I'm so excited about that because it's so amazing. Um, but I, uh, the thing I love that you're doing, and, and it resonates with me more now, and I'll tell you why, because, you know, when I was doing theater for so long, being a woman in theater is like, you know, there are other things you have to deal with being a woman on stage and, you know, that are, you just figure out how to manage them. But being uh, a woman in, in corporate America or in business is a, is a different experience. And in sales, it is a boys club. And I don't mean that any other way, except that it just, it just, it quite often feels that way as a woman. It's, it's a very male driven industry. And over the last couple of months specifically, I have been meeting the most amazing women in sales and specifically in sales development, which is the, the, um, you know, the org that I'm in, in the, the piece of the, the sales function that I am in that have these incredible voices and, you know, watching you promote and give voices to so many women is inspiring in me to do the same thing. And I just, I think that like, it's, I just think it's really amazing what you're doing. I'm just going to keep saying it's so correct. The name is so correct. So amazing. I may have made fun of it at one point. I think you did. I think everybody has. No, it's like so correct with the butterfly. and the. I know. Thank you. I just, it's so my heart and just the fact of like this podcast is just like I've had more fun of meeting other women do in different parts of the world, you know, the world and being able to listen to their story and see how they've overcome challenge and things they faced. And like, I always walk away with takeaways. Like I always walk away and like, it helps me grow as a person. And I've had my experiences. I've, I have, I've, uh, I'm in the, the male dominated sales industry. I mean, fitness equipment is, is male dominated for sure. It's a good old boys club. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've had to, uh, build out my spot. And it's taken me a long time to get where I am with it and to have a name for myself. I actually got one of the nicest compliments I'd, I think I've been given from a competitor and it came through one of the manufacturers and it was just mm-hmm. like, he called me, this manufacturer called me and he's like, Hey, I just want to tell you, thank you for your business. But he's like, I want to tell you something else. So I was like, what is it? And he's like, well, he's like, uh, your competitor spoke highly of you. And I was <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> oh, Cause that doesn't happen. And yeah. it's somebody that's owned a company for a long time. I've never even met the owner, but the owner's the one that said, um, cause he asked them about competition and all that. And they're like, no, seal is like, she's, she's the real deal. She's like, does an awesome job. She's so kind and all of the, all these nice things. And I was just kind of like, wow, that's pretty big. Uh, that's because amazing. the guys don't, the guys don't always tell you that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's been a journey and be amazing. has been a journey. And, uh, I thank you because you've supported me from afar. You've supported me in person. You've always been there for me when I've had moments of like, you know, everything from being a, when I was a single mom trying to fight my way through to find, you know, my place and the different jobs I've had. And 
but you've, you've, you're like consistent as my sister and I'm so forever grateful and have such gratitude for you and such love for you. And I love that I can share that publicly and say, like, I love my sister. Um, well, it goes both ways. I mean, you've, you've been there for me in extraordinary ways and unconditional. And, you know, I think that we're very fortunate to have each other. Absolutely. That's a very unique, that's a unique thing. And I'm, I'm super grateful for it. I do have one more thing I want to ask you before I let you go. Do you have, like, is there anything else that is on your heart that you want to share that, you know, out of all the things we've talked about and, you know, is there anything else, like, is there, you know, that you would like to share? Um, I think I kind of, the biggest thing I was, I, I wanted to talk about and I, I kind of, you know, started on it was really just the, um, the, uh, what I've been learning lately. And I, and I think, so no, (laughs) I mean, I guess that's my answer. I feel like maybe I've said everything I need to say. I was like waiting for some big mic drop. I know. And I'm like, no, I love that. So here's the thing. Now, Juliana is not huge on social media because she doesn't, she's not on it all the I'm time. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get better. But I need you to like, where do you want people to connect with you? So if they want to connect with you, they want to talk more about, you know, sales or heck, they might have questions for you about acting or singing. Like, where can you they can, find you? You can, you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Juliana Dittmeyer. You can find me on Instagram. I'm just underscore Juliana. Yes, you are just the the woman sitting across from this me on this computer screen gave me that name. Only because you would say it all the time growing up. I am just Juliana. Because you always called me Juliana something. It was always Juliana Banana. I know. Juliana, whatever. I'm like, it's just it. Juliana. And I love like, that that's your. But here's the best part. You know how I knew that Joe was the one. Ow. He, he tells this, this is for another podcast, but he tells this fantastic story about how he saved a dog's life. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard it, I was sitting at a table with, you know, a bunch of theater people and every person at the table was swooning at the end of this story, including me. And we hadn't even like started seeing each other yet. I was just like, <laughs> like this story is ridiculous. And then uh, this woman is like, thank you so you does the, the the dog that he saved the woman you know comes up to him out after she's like thank you so much for saving our dog you have no idea and she goes on and on and she's like you're our hero and he goes i'm no hero i'm just joe <laughs> that's your match made in heaven match made in heaven i'm just joe <laughs> that's the best this has been such a joy okay so we will have to do another episode you know that and it no, will we'll be sales yeah we'll be sales we'll do another one it'll be so fun well i love yeah, you much i love you we'll talk so much soon. okay thanks for having me yes 
Thank you for joining me today. If you like the podcast, please like and share this with other women in your life. You can find out more about SweatNet on SweatNet.com or follow them on Instagram at SweatNet and SweatNet Charlotte. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Smart. Stay tuned for the next episode of the SweatNet Be Amazing podcast.